Good morning, friends. If we haven't had the chance to meet yet, I would really love to. My name is Anna. I'm part of the Pillar team, and I've gotten to grow up in ministry over the past couple of years here, serving as an intern. And I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for being the type of community who makes space for someone like me to learn and to grow. You're the type of community who loves Christ and his word, so thank you for who you are. I've been spending most of my Sundays this fall serving over at the warehouse, which is our growing small location over on 6th Street. You'll see a couple pictures of it on the screen. What's been a gift about being over at the warehouse is seeing the life and joy and breath that God is cultivating there and the new worshiping community that's beginning to emerge, all because of what God is doing in and through his word there. I remember I was a bit panicked and anxious before we kicked things off over there. And I texted John and he, he responded, Pastor John said, first of all, Christ is Lord followed by a bunch of encouraging words. And so you can imagine the joy it's been and the surprise and the gift it's been to see what God's doing over there. I found myself saying, oh me of little faith. But you're the type of community that loves Christ and his word and you point me toward that. John did that in his text and my friend Janice did that too recently. I don't know if you've had the gift of meeting Paul and Janice Sweats. I remember I met them my very first year of seminary. I went over to their apartment in Freedom Village and with all sorts of humility, they told me about their long faithfulness of serving the church in pastoral life. They encouraged me and they prayed for me using scripture, of course. So anyway, the other day, I had been texting Janice, and she sent me this message, which I wanted to share with you all. She said, Precious Anna, praying peace over you, wondering what scripture verses, pure truth, are speaking peace to you. You are more loved than you know. Grace and peace, Janice. Isn't that beautiful? This was an invitation from a mentor in faith to turn to God's word for pure truth. It might seem simple, but it's actually quite profound. Janice was saying to me, Christ is Lord and his word matters and he promises to speak to you truth and life and conviction and a living word here and now. You're the type of community who believes that, and you help me believe that. Christ is Lord, and his word matters. So we're going to listen together to a section of the Bible in expectation and in faith that God will speak a living word. John's been calling this series the big, huge story of your whole life the story of God after you, the story of God pursuing you, the story of God's heart of love for the world that he made. 
Just to catch you up in the story, Christians believe that God created the world and then sin and death entered the picture and everything went wrong and we've been spiraling since. But God's heart of love has continued to pursue us. God came to Abraham with a promise. God came to Abraham and Sarah with a son. God came to Jacob with a dream, to Moses with deliverance, to Samuel with a calling, to Ruth and Naomi with a family, and to Elijah last week with a meal. And today God comes to us through the prophet Amos with a call and a promise. Amos is a prophet, and prophets carry the heart of God to the people of God. God pursues us with the prophets because he loves us, not to condemn us, but to awaken us to God's better heart for the world and to our role in it. This is probably not the passage you're going to find in your Precious Moments devotional, And it's certainly not the passage that I would assign to a 24-year-old to preach. Because the prophet Amos comes to us with a hard word. And yet we say about the Bible, and the Bible says about itself, this is from the message, every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped for the tasks God has for us. And the Belgic Confession, which is one of the guiding documents of the Reformed faith, puts it this way. And we believe without a doubt all things contained in the Bible because the Holy Spirit testifies in our hearts that they are from God and also because they prove themselves to be with God. So we're going to listen together, eager for the Holy Spirit to testify in our hearts that these words from the prophet Amos are from God for us here now today. As we listen to Amos, you're going to hear a lot of places and names and cultural allusions that will be lost on all of us. But don't get bogged down in the details of it all. Listen underneath for God's heart for you and for the world. This is Amos 5. Hear this word that I take up over you in lamentation, O house of Israel. Fallen, no more to rise, is made in Israel, forsaken on her land with no one to raise her up. For thus says the Lord God, The city that marched out a thousand shall have a hundred left, and that which marched out a hundred shall have ten left. For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me and live, but do not seek Bethel. Do not enter into Gilgal or cross over to Beersheba, for Gilgal shall surely go into exile, and Bethel shall come to nothing. Seek the Lord and live, or he will break out against the house of Joseph like fire, and it will devour Bethel with no one to quench it. Ah, you who turn justice to wormwood and bring righteousness to the ground. The one who made the Pleiades and Orion, 
who turns deep darkness into morning and darkens the day into night, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out over the surface of the earth. The Lord is his name, who makes destruction break out against the strong so that destruction may come on the fortress. They hate the one who reproves in the gate. They abhor the one who speaks the truth. Therefore, because you trample on the poor and take from them levies of grain, you have built houses of hewn stone, but you shall not live in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink their wine. For I know how many are your transgressions, and how great are your sins. You who afflict the righteous, who take a bribe and push aside the needy at the gate. Therefore, the prudent will keep silent at such a time, for it is an evil time. Seek good, not evil, that you may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, will be with you, just as you have said. Hate evil and seek good and establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord, the God of hosts, will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord. In all the squares there shall be wailing, and in all the streets they shall say, Alas, alas, they shall call the farmers to mourning and those skilled in lamentation to wailing. And in all the vineyards there shall be wailing, for I will pass through the midst of you, says the Lord. Alas, for you who desire the day of the Lord, why do you want the day of the Lord? It is darkness, not light as if someone fled from a lion and was met by a bear, or went into the house and rested their hand against the wall and was bitten by a snake. Is not the day of the Lord darkness, not light, and gloom with no brightness in it? I hate, I despise your festivals. I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept them. And your offerings of well-being of the fattened animal, I will not look upon. Take away from me your noisy songs. I will not listen to the melody of your harps. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you just uttered the words, thanks be to God, in your home, I'm tempted to ask, are you sure? This is a hard word, but I wonder what you heard. There's a lot there. Darkness and light and judgment and conviction and maybe a glimmer of hope. So together, we're going to gather our hearts around two directions that Amos takes us. Amos offers us a call and a promise. God offers us a call and a promise. First, the call. Seek the Lord and live. Seek me and live, God says. Seek good, not evil. 
Hate evil, love good, establish justice in the gate, seek the Lord and live. And who is this Lord? This is the Lord who made the constellations, the Lord who turns darkness into morning, who wakes the sun up every morning and then puts it back to bed. This is the Lord who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out over the surface of the earth. This is the Lord of creation. Seek the Lord and live. The creator Lord who rules over the earth and This is the God who devours like fire. That's the God we're called to seek. A powerful God, a big God, a creator God, a God beyond our imaginations. Seek that Lord and live. But what does this seeking look like? The call to seek the Lord. It's not some sort of pious call to be really faithful with our quiet times with God in the morning. Although that's beautiful, that's not particularly what Amos has in mind. And Amos certainly tells us what this call isn't. Seeking the Lord does not look like hating those who speak the truth, trampling on the poor, taking from them what they need, and pushing aside the needy at the gate. That's the opposite of seeking the Lord. And the solemn assemblies and the noisy songs, that's not seeking the Lord either. Because here's what Amos is doing. He's exposing the religious hypocrisy of Israel's wealthy and their leaders. You see, they faithfully came to the temple and brought their offerings and sacrifices, all the while ignoring the poor and ignoring injustice. And Amos says it's all a sham. In the message version, Peterson titles this section, All Show No Substance. All Show No Substance. And Amos says God actually hates their worship because it's entirely disconnected from the lives of people, the lives of the poor. This is the exposure of a religion that leaves lives untouched. And Amos' call to Israel and God's call to us is to live lives that touch the needs of the world, the needs of our communities in tangible ways, in such a way that we taste justice, God's justice rolling down. God says that a real relationship with him transforms our relationships It reorients us in the world to seek the good of our neighbor, to seek the good of the poor for the sake of God and the world that he so loves. God calls us to live lives of holiness and justice because he longs for us to participate in his character being made known. Because when grace transforms a person, it creates a desire and an urgency and an an insistence to create a society in which righteousness dwells. So what does it look like to seek the Lord? To seek the Lord is to go where Jesus goes. Jesus who says, I was hungry and you fed me. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. To seek the Lord and live is to say with Jesus in the Beatitudes in Luke, blessed are the poor for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
You want to seek after God? You want to seek after God's kingdom? Go where the poor are, because the poor are at the center of God's heart. Where can we seek the Lord? In proximity to the poor. Amos goes on to say, seek good and not evil. Hate evil and love good and establish justice in the gate. Or as Peterson puts it, hate evil and love good and work it out in the public square. The public square, that's you all on Monday, in your jobs, in your classrooms, in your businesses. Justice, God's justice, which looks a lot more like advocating for those who are hurting and who can't catch a break, and a lot less like empty words or paying lip service to the latest trending social or political idea of what justice is. God's calling is to seek him and live. Seek God's justice because he's the source of all justice. And here's the promise. God promises us abundant life as we open ourselves up to being transformed by a real relationship with him. God leads us towards holiness, a holiness that is instinctively generous, a holiness that is shaped by laying one's life down, a holiness in the way of Jesus. Seek the Lord and live is a promise because God promises to transform by his power and patience those who have been brought into communion with him. Go the way of Jesus toward justice, not because God's so mad at you, but because this is the way to live. And that's the promise. The promise is life. God meets us in the voice of Amos the preacher, first with a call, but then with a promise. The promise of life in Christ now, and the promise of eternal life with God, someday when all things are made right, and all things are, made, are restored and made new. The promise is life. Fallen, no more to rise, is made in Israel, forsaken on her land with no one to raise her up. Fallen, no more to rise, that's us. Forsaken with no one to raise us up. And yet God says, I love you. I haven't given up on you. Your songs are empty and your hearts are weary and sinful and tired. So I'll come to you in love and justice and take it all upon myself. Christ gives himself for us on the cross. He says, I love you and I want you to have life. The day of the Lord with no brightness in it, that's Christ on the cross. When the sky went dark, the ultimate day of justice rolling down, when sin and death and evil are put in their place, no longer to rule in tyranny, because Christ has descended to hell and conquered them all. Listen to this from the Heidelberg Catechism. Why does the creed add, he descended to hell? To assure me, during, deepest, during attacks of deepest dread and temptation, that Christ my Lord, by suffering unspeakable anguish, pain, and terror of soul, on the cross, but also earlier, has delivered me from hellish anguish and torment.
Christ himself has endured the pain and anguish and destruction that Amos announced for us and for our salvation. And so we get to respond with our lives to the justice that Christ has accomplished. That's the promise. Life in Christ now and life with God forever when all things are finally made right. It may be that the Lord of hosts will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph, Amos wondered and prayed. It may be, he announced with dread and some hope. It may be he petitioned God, an anxious pastor, on on behalf of his wayward flock. It may be, and God responded by giving us his very self. God responded by saying, I am the resurrection and the life. God responded by giving us Jesus Christ who sought the Lord and hated evil and loved good and established justice in the gate in all the ways we couldn't. Christ who shows us true, holy, perfect closeness with the Father and invites us to the same. Christ who stares death in the face and announces over us resurrection even in the midst of our feeble attempts at getting it right. And Amos saw it coming too. A few chapters later, at the end of his collection of sermons, Amos closes the book with these words. He points to the new day that Christ in his death and resurrection inaugurated and will one day bring to fullness. Listen to this. I will restore the fortunes of my people Israel, and they shall rebuild the ruined cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink their wine. They shall make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant them upon their land, and they shall never again be plucked up out of the land that I have given them, says the Lord your God. Rebuilt cities, abundant gardens and vineyards, and a day when justice will roll down like waters, And righteousness will find its full expression in the river of the water of life that flows from the throne and is offered to us in abundance. Isn't that beautiful? So, Pillar, you're the type of community who loves Christ and loves his word. And so I asked a couple of my Pillar friends this past week, to read this passage and let me know what they noticed. And here's one of the really beautiful responses. I was sitting over at LJ's with my friend, Catherine Christensen. If you know Catherine, you might know her beautiful story or her heart for God. I like to refer to her as Pillar's resident mystic. She's always listening to the spirit, hearing a word from God and sharing it with others for the good of the world. So anyways, I was sitting with Catherine last week at LJ's, and I read her Amos 5, and she said, that's it. That's where true life comes from. Seek the Lord and live. True life only comes from Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And here at the table, we get to to taste the life of Christ given for us. 
So come as you're ready and receive these gifts where you are in your home. It's a call and it's a promise. Amen.